You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. It's good to see you here this morning. If you got your Bibles, open to Acts chapter 13. Uh, right before we get through that one announcement, I do want to nail. The Lord has blessed us with such favor with Kroger and Aldi's that we have maxed out every freezer we've got right now. And we have another pickup on Wednesday to pick up more frozen meat, frozen food. We desperately need freezers. So if you've got a freezer that's just not doing much and you'd like to donate it to the church, please do that. If you know someone that isn't, you know, they haven't bought their half side of beef yet, and it's just sitting there waiting. Uh, let us know. We'd love to. <laughs> we'd love to take our box truck, pick it up, use it, and then take it back to them after we're done. But you all are deputized in Jesus' name to be looking for spectacular deals on freezers. Now, if I understand Ann and the food ministry team, they like the great big ones that you lift up like this. But we'll take anything. But if you have those that go up like that, uh, let us know. I've, I've been looking for scratch and dent. I've gone to Lowe's and Home Depot and uh, going to head to Menards here shortly and just looking for those. Now, you know, I know some of us are really in deep grief that our East Side Sam's Club, East Washington Street, is closing. Oh, my God. They call it the club closing of the East to make sure you don't think that all Sam's Clubs are closing. It's just the closing of the East and, and West 86th Street. And those are the two that they're closing. We, went, we made the mistake of going there Friday uh, because my secretary needed some copy paper. So we went out to get the copy paper, and uh, there was a couple things that we wanted to pick up as well. We had no idea that they were closing so quickly and it was an absolute zoo. Uh, if you've ever been to Sam's Club, there was no carts inside, there was no carts outside, there was no carts in the corrals, there was no carts anywhere. It looked worse than Christmas. They were parked all the way out to 40, and it was just unbelievable, and it was a zoo on the inside. And uh, thank God everything we wanted to get, we got. Thank you, Jesus. And, and so that was good. So they had freezers there. And they started 25% off last Friday. And between then and the 27th of January is when they're officially going to be completely closed. They're going to go all the way down to 75% off everything in the store. So um, pray for wisdom that maybe some of those freezers will hang around. Wouldn't it be nice to pay 25% for a brand new freezer? I like that. We'll see. Keep your eyes and ears open. See if, if anybody's got, uh, we, we've got pretty much all our appliances over there are used. So we're, we're not afraid of used appliances. Acts chapter 13, begin reading at verse 4. Two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, 
they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. This is Paul and Barnabas. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for that's what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elamus and said, You are a child of the devil, an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and, wick and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for your word. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to now come and give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us hearts to perceive what you are saying to us as the church today. Open our minds, open our hearts, and do for us what we can't do for ourselves. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, earlier in chapter 13, we see that uh, the Holy Spirit is meeting with the, the church in Antioch. And as they're worshiping, he's saying, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them to. And so they, they did that. And they set them apart. They fasted. They prayed. They laid hands on them. And they sent them with their blessing. Hmm. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really great way to start, doesn't it? Wouldn't you like to start your ministry where the Holy Spirit speaks to the collective, speaks to the, to the corporate body and says, hey, you know, Ernie and Flo, going to set them apart. We're going to send them into the earth and we're going to, and we all fast and pray and we lay hands on them and, and we bless them and we send them out and you know, just like me, you know, my experience, their experience, we go out and once you've been called, once you've been anointed, once you've been prayed for, once you have been sent forth, it's easy going from that point on. I mean, it's as easy as can be. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You're ready to go out and conquer and everything bows before you and there's no resistance. You have no problems. And so we see you know, here, is like the first place in the scriptures where believers are sending forth their brother and sister, or their brothers and brother, Paul and Barnabas, they're sending them forth to take the gospel to another area. 
Up until now, it all got dispersed through persecution. When the persecution hit Jerusalem, then everybody scattered. And when they scattered, they, they shared Jesus wherever they went. But this is the first time that the, the body of Christ, and, and part of that body is now Gentiles, now, they're gathering together and they've been taught by Barnabas and, and Saul for over a year. And now they realize it's time to set them apart, pray for them, consecrate them, release them and send them off. And now they're to go to another place. The first time. So kind of the missionary journeys begin. The kingdom travels start with Barnabas and Saul. And so they take off. Well, when we get to, to verse 4, it says, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. I don't know how you read that, but it's like they had this corporate event, they had the service, they got serious, they prayed, they fasted, they went through all the stuff. Now they're, they're ready. But then the Holy Spirit sends them. They're sent by the Holy Spirit. I don't know if they figured out what day of the week they wanted to travel, if it was easier uh, on Mondays or Tuesdays or what. But the Holy Spirit is the one that determined when they left. And so they were sent off by the Holy Spirit. I love that. So we see that the Holy Spirit has, has told them. They fasted and prayed. They've done all of that stuff. And here's the map of where they're going. Over here on the right, see my high-tech pointer? Over here in Antioch, they go to Seleucia, just a little bit to the southwest. They get the ship and they come over to Cyprus. They land at Salamis. And then they end up, as they go through the whole island, and they end up at Paphos, which is where our story takes place. And then you can see the rest of the journeys. This is the first missionary journey of Paul, which here his name changes. And you find out Saul has now been called Paul. Pretty interesting. So they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, that was their custom. They'd go first to the Jews, they'd go to the Jewish synagogue, and they would share the good news of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ until the opposition kicked up, and then they went outside of that. Here's Sergius Paulus, our main character in a sense, although for him to get highlighted, we got to find out who the antagonist is. And so here he is. He is the proconsul. He's the regional governor. He's an intelligent man. Hmm. He sends for Barnabas and Saul because he wants to hear the word of God. So here you are, you're, you're going out and you've got someone that's wanting what you've got to share. There's someone who's actually hoping that you'll talk to them, that you'll, you'll take the time and that you'll spend the time. Matter of fact, they're, they're, they're in a place of prominence and so they they request an audience with you. And so Paul and Barnabas come. Now the antagonists, Elamus, Bar-Jesus. His, 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 one of the names that he went by was the son of Jesus. That's what Bar-Jesus means. So he'd go by the son of Jesus. He, he, was, he, he was understanding that there was real power in the name of Jesus and he wants to be associated 
with Jesus, but he doesn't want Jesus because he's filled with the demonic. A Jewish sorcerer. That is a contradiction of terms. Any Jew, any devout Jew knows that you do not practice sorcery. Hmm. And so he, he led himself and presented himself as a false prophet. Well, he didn't say he was a false prophet. He presented himself as a true prophet. But he was a false prophet. And Elamus in the Greek means he's a sorcerer. Huh. Crazy stuff going on here. Okay, everybody in, in learning mode? Everybody got your student hats on? We're, we're taking this in. We're, we're, we're understanding, okay, so this is how you deal with the devil. This is how you deal with the demonic when it comes at you. So we've got Sergius. Let's just call him Serge. So Serge, Serge really wants to hear about Jesus. He wants to hear what Paul and Barnabas have to say. And so he's wanting to hear. His spiritual advisor, Elamus, doesn't want him to have anything to do with Barnabas and Saul, doing everything he can to, to get in between them. Why? Because he knows if Serge really receives Christ, that his days are over of influencing the proconsul. The regional governor will no longer hold him as his spiritual advisor because everything that he represents is not found in Jesus. Okay? So he's, he's probably putting as many obstacles. Oh, you can't. Uh, we've got a meeting with the Red Cross. Can't do that. Oh, we, we've, we're, we're going to meet with the new sewer committee. We're, you know, he's, he'll probably throw everything governmentally you know, within the political realm in, in, in the way to, to interrupt. There's something about the demonic when they see someone coming in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When they see someone who is walking and sharing the true gospel of Jesus and not just verbalizing the gospel in a presentation, but manifesting the gospel with, a, with an internal reality of the abiding presence of the Lord inside and being able to emanate that and release that to others, they're going to do everything they can. One of the things that I've discovered about the demonic is they're extremely legalistic. They are so legalistic. They're, they're just amazing. And so I imagine any legalistic argument that Elamus can make to surge to get him from being able to hear the gospel, he was throwing at, throwing at him. But the reality is he had a hunger. He wanted to hear uh, the gospel about Jesus. He wanted to hear now I'm here to propose to you today that we've been deceived by the evil one, by our own fear and believing the thoughts that he introduced that our fears kind of embrace, that we should not tell anybody about our Lord and Savior. That we should not be one of those radical Christians those evangelicals who go out and share the gospel 
I think you're going to find that the reality that's happening in, in Acts 13 is still happening today, that there are hungry people, that if they, if they understand that you are carrying something of a message from God, they want to hear from the Lord. But the enemy works on us over time, and he works on our fears, he works on our rejection issues, our inferiority issues, and so he keeps us from being able to really participate with going out and sharing the good news of Jesus. Let that settle in. That's not a condemnation word. That's a word that just says, you know, we, we need to realize that people want what you have. People want the peace. They want to know that they are forgiven, that all the things that they've done wrong, all their, their actions that have caused harm and pain to themselves and to others, they would love to have that forgiven. They would love to know that they don't have to carry the condemnation, the guilt, and all the different things that the enemy just torments us with because the blood of Jesus Christ forgives every sin. Forgives every sin. Mike, I just really enjoyed the worship set this morning. And as you, as you were doing that last one, I thought, oh man, he doesn't know that he's already hit where I'm going. Because, uh, man, we're sons. We're no longer slaves. But the enemy wants to keep us with an inferiority understanding of who we are. Not to understand that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. You should want to get to know me. I'm amazing. And so are you. And the more you know him, the more amazing you are. Because the more aware of who you are, comes in the focus that you're a son and a daughter. So here we go. Elymas is a sorcerer. He's opposing them at every turn. He, he tries to turn the proconsul from the faith. He's doing everything he can to, to be an obstruction. Now, this is what I love. Paul, Saul called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looks straight into Elymas's eyes. And if you're ever dealing with the demonic, when, when it's manifesting to a human being, you focus on the eyes. When you look into the eyes, you can see sometimes what, what's going on, what kind of demonic entity is, is inhabiting the person, how they're being demonized. So he looks him straight in the eye. He's not saying, no, he's looking him dead on, Filled with the Holy Spirit, he looks at him, and then he identifies who he's dealing with. You are a child of the devil. Wouldn't that be your, anybody got that on your refrigerator? Your, your verse of the day? You are an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Mm. And he's, he's just going right for it. But Paul, you're not being very loving. I thought you were a Christian, Paul. Shouldn't you be nice? And just, you know, pray for Elamus that uh, 
he would receive Jesus in his heart and that he would... It's really interesting when you start to see how deliverance is manifested in, in the New Testament after Holy Spirit, after Pentecost. When they're dealing with something that is totally given over to the powers of darkness and is an instrument of darkness that is not asking to know Jesus, that's not asking to be delivered, that's not asking for ministry so that they could be free from the tormentors that are on the inside, they don't get cast out. Paul does not cast and deliver out of Elamus the demons that reside within him. What's he do? Well, he identifies them verbally. He says, will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Whoa. That's serious stuff right there. That's serious stuff. I think Paul has got a a passion of the Holy Spirit for the truth of the message of the gospel to go out. And he is coming against that which is anti. Oh, I wonder if Saul has any experience with this. Huh. Wasn't he the one that was persecuting the church, got letters, official documents to go to Damascus and arrest all the Christians and put them in prison, hoping that they will be under capital punishment and be executed? But he had an encounter. I would say Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. When he, when, he spoke, when he spoke to Saul as he was there and falling, and he went blind. He went blind. The very thing that's happening to Elamus, Saul had experienced personally. Because he was, he was the one that was opposing the gospel of Jesus. That's why I've got hope for Elamus. We don't find out what happens to him. But I got hope for Elamus because he went around and noticed that his blindness was just going to be for a time. It implies that it wasn't going to be permanent blindness. But it was going to be a, a blindness that was absolute. When it says you can't see the sun, you know, if you look up to the lights and you shut your eyes, you can still see, you can still see something of the light. But when you have absolute darkness, absolute darkness, you can't see anything. If you can't see the sun when you're looking at it, you've got absolute darkness. And so he is hit with blindness. I hope there's an Ananias that after three days or so, he's, he's sitting there and he's saying, I think I'm on the wrong team. <laughs> I think I'm on the wrong team. I think I've been using uh, the dark side of the force and I need to come over to the light. I, I've, I've, I'm getting a wake-up call and it's, it's a merciful gift. But there's got to be some time in Elamus' heart before he's ready. And so he is blind and he's groping. 
He's looking for someone to take him by the hand and lead him because he has absolutely no sight. It's not that he's legally blind where he can still make out shapes. He is absolutely blind. He can't see anything. So immediately the mist and the darkness comes and he cannot see. Now I love this, <laughs> the result of this. And Serge Sergius Paulus, when he saw what had happened, he believed. For he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Amen. I don't know about you, but that just, that just makes me happy. Sure you know, does. it just makes me happy, you know. He sees this with Elimus. He sees what's happening. He sees the blindness. He, he sees him being called out as, as he's done everything he can do to obstruct Sergio from coming into the kingdom. You know, Garcia. No. As, as, he, as he's obstructing all of that, he sees it and he believes. He's impressed Yay. at the teaching. <laughs> what did he say? We don't have any record of, of what they taught. But we have this power encounter. We have this power encounter against the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And as these two kingdoms clash, it says that Sergius sees it and he is amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Sometimes I think we learn more in a divine encounter than we do in a formal presentation of teaching. This is so radical that it, it changed his life. It caused him to believe. It gave him the ability to really embrace the Lord Jesus as the supreme God. Hallelujah. And so he embraces Jesus. I look at that and I just think, oh, this is so cool. This is so cool. He saw what had just taken place with the enemy's servant going blind. He believed, and he's amazed at the teaching, the teaching about the Lord. And that's what we've always taught here at the Vineyard. The proclamation of the gospel is always with demonstration of the kingdom. If, if, if we just have a persuasive verbal presentation we are not giving the fullness of the gospel. The gospel is an encounter where the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness collide. And guess what? The kingdom of light triumphs. So people really want to hear about the kingdom of Jesus. People really want to be set free. They, they want to believe and if, if in the process of sharing with someone, there is an encounter with the kingdom of darkness, lick your chops. Don't, don't go into fear. Go into great anticipation of what is God going to do now? Because he will always demonstrate his loving power and he will silence the kingdom of deception and trickery. Mm. Have mercy. 
Let your kingdom come, Lord. Mm. Lord, we long to have the teaching of the Lord that amazes. Not a pastor up just explaining scripture, but we pray for encounter, Lord, where the kingdom of light comes and comes against the kingdom of darkness. And we say, let the glory of Jesus be displayed here today among us. Mm. Just take a moment and just kind of present yourself before the Lord. Just get in touch as best as you can. One of the things I thought the Lord was, was laying on my heart today was as he was sharing his heart with my heart was that he really wants to free people. Uh, the, the, no longer slaves. We, we, we understand that within our theological grid, within our mind. But he wants to free us where we live. I felt like today that there were some things that he wanted to break off of us, that he wanted to deliver us from. Uh, some things that, that keep us in ruts. I, I, I saw a sense that we get stuck and we, we were in this, this uh, ravine where the, the walls are so tall and they're slippery and we can't climb out. And, and he wants to come and swoop us up and carry us out of those places. Hmm. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now to manifest the kingdom of Jesus, to manifest the love of the Father, manifest the power of the anointing of the gospel. I say, let the grace from heaven come to earth and wherever we're stuck, bring freedom, bring deliverance, Lift us. I pray, Father, where the, uh, the personal assignment of, of those spirits that are against everything that stands for that which is right in your sight, Lord, that tries to twist and pervert and, and, and conceal. Lord, I pray for the removal of of everything that causes us to see so darkly and give us an enabling grace to see clearly where we need to appropriate your love and your power and exercise the authority of the king in our lives. So I say, Holy Spirit, come within the places where there's such worry and anxiety, we invite you to remove and lift us out of that pit. Lord, where we only see in part, I pray that you cause us to see to the place where we know fully what our resources are, because when we look in the natural, all we see is lack and not enough. 
Help us to see in the kingdom. Help us to see in the spirit. Your provision, your resources. Where we feel inadequate, show us your adequacy. Where we feel weak, Lord, show us that that is the very springboard that you love to reveal your strength and demonstrate it for all to see. And so, Lord, I pray that the day of trying to hide our insufficiency, the the day of trying to hide our little ceases. And Lord, that we embrace all the deficiencies, all our lacks, because when we embrace them, we're embracing you and we say, now is the platform, now is the stage for you to show your full sufficiency for everything in our lives. So come, show yourself as you truly are. Holy Spirit, reveal the ascended Lord Jesus in all his glory. Mm. It was one of my longings this morning was that we would have a Peter, James, and John experience at the Mount of Transfiguration. Like Moses, I like Elijah, but I want to see Jesus. I want to see the transformed Jesus, the transfiguration, where we get to see Jesus as he truly is in his rightful place in heaven. Mm. So Holy Spirit, reveal the splendor of Jesus. Reveal his beauty, his love. Reveal Jesus to us more than we've ever seen, more than we've ever known. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would remove every obstacle that would in any way limit, restrict, or hinder the heart that wants to know, the heart that wants to hear, the heart that wants to see the glorious gospel of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes. 